Hi, it's Kylie Mojadidi, your host of Kylie Says. If you've landed here, then you might be someone like me, a busy mom of two kids working in the corporate world, used to the hustle culture that comes along with your day-to-day. But you might also be spiritually curious and into things like human design, yoga, meditation, past lives, manifestation, and more. But maybe like me, you don't really feel like you have a tribe that you can connect to and talk to openly about these topics. Because let's face it, sometimes they can be a little woo-woo. Here, I cut the bullshit and talk about my experience in my current spiritual awakening. What that looks like to do it still fully employed at a corporate job. What it looks like to be a mom of two raising a family in the Bay Area, one of the fastest paced places in the world. And what it looks like to kind of figure out who the hell I am in my mid-30s. Come and join us. I think we'll have more fun together. and welcome back to Kylie Says. Today I want to answer a question that for me, when I first started my spiritual journey and when I first started reading more about spirituality books and kind of learning how to tap into the universe and the energy around me and in particular spirit guides, it sounded like a whole lot of BS if I'm being totally honest. And until I actually started trying to meaningfully tap into the other side, I guess you could say, and having more feedback from my guides in particular into my intuition, into the universe as a whole, it all sounded so confusing and fake to me. And what I'm hoping to do today is give you a no BS version of what that actually looks like, some of the different types of spirit guides or angels that might be available to you to access and also how I actually call upon my guides when I do it, how I do it, the questions that I ask and how you can get started because I think it feels a lot less lonely in life when you come to the realization that you do have guidance from the universe. That can be in the form of spirit guides. It can be in the form of your intuition. It can be in the form of connecting with something that feels a little bit like cosmic to you. It can be, honestly, there are so many different modalities, but I feel like spirit guides seem just like something that does, it almost like doesn't make any sense. It's like you can't see it. And I feel like I have a really hard time in believing things that I cannot see. And I feel like a lot of other people are probably in a similar situation. You've probably heard about spirit guides or, you know, you've heard someone talk about it. If you listen to my podcast or if you listen to any other podcasts that have a lens into a spiritual lifestyle, you'll have probably heard about spirit guides. Gabby Bernstein, for instance, who is one of the spiritual teachers that I really love and whose books have really impacted my life. She even provides 10 steps for getting in contact with your spirit guides and how to best do that with journal prompts after meditations, etc. I'm not going to necessarily give you a specific set of steps here. I want to just break down and kind of debunk what spirit guides actually are and what they mean, because I think it needs to be tangible. So many people today, I mean, everything today is based on proof. You have access to so many things at your fingertips that you never have before, like being able to just look up on Google, being able to take to social media, being able to ask your friends and family or look things up, go on Yelp and get insight. 
there are so many places to try to find your own answers. But what I found is that despite how many things I've read, the ones that provide me the most value are the ones that give me meaningful tips that I can take and turn into my own little tricks or turn into habits that I try to utilize when it feels right for me. So just in general, when I think about spirit guides, it's almost like this team of entities that are with me when I need them and they want me to consistently call upon them because they're waiting in the light. I, I wouldn't say waiting in the shadows because I don't think that that's a proper term. They're waiting in the light for me to access them. They want me to call on them and ask for information, ask for guidance, ask for proof, ask for insight, ask for help. And I think especially when everything happened with my daughter's diabetes and her diagnosis in general in September of 2022, that was honestly a moment where I feel like I was really turning to my intuitive guides to be able to allow me some form of a recognition that I'm overwhelmed and that I needed support. B, I didn't necessarily feel like I had a lot of people in my life that would 100% understand exactly what I was going through because it's such a unique position as a mom to be in and there are so many conflicting feelings that come up. So I went within myself and I also paid attention during meditations. I love guided meditations because sometimes I find it really hard to focus. And what I like about guided meditations, and I'm looking at the clock and it's 333, there's another angel number. Um, what I like about guided meditations is the fact that it can help kind of direct your thinking and your thought process because sometimes you'll find that your mind is wandering so much that you almost start getting too distracted and then you're like, oh, I'm distracted. Oh, I've lost my train of thought. What was I even doing here? And the reason why I like a guided meditation is because most of the time, or the ones that I seek out, there'll be prompts associated with your meditation. So imagine you were here. I love meditations that have visualizations attached to them, like a grounding meditation um, or a meditation to focus on, you know, your, imagine you are a place. What is that place teaching you? What are you wearing? What are you feeling? Why did you choose this place? I love those sorts of meditations because I like to be prompted to kind of start thinking through and seeing what comes through for me. Also, I just want to highlight the fact that since it's 333 right now and I, I just looked up the angel number 333, what to do when you see 333 and this, the angel number 333 encourages you to set plans into action and let your personal strength be the guide to trust yourself and put thoughts into your choices. This angel number is also associated with optimism, creativity, and intuition. So I just have to take a quick nod there that that is also 100%. Um, also, it says angel number 333 is an important message from your guardian angel about new life, abundance, and spiritual awakening. If that is not, I have goosebumps all over my body. If that is not a sign from my spirit guides or my guardian angels, um, about the fact that I'm on the right path recording this episode right now, then I don't know what the heck is. So let me go back for a second because when I think about how did I even start into this? Like, why did this mean anything to me? How did I get a download? How do I know if this was something that was coming from a guide 
versus something that I'm just randomly thinking about. Did I hear something on the radio? Did this or that? I want to give a very clear example. One of the examples is the fact that I am near, I am damn near positive that my core spirit angel is named Linda. You might ask why the heck I think that, <laughs> and I'm going to explain it to you. And there were a few things that brought me to that decision. One, I meditated on it and I asked the question outright. You know, I, I asked for my main spirit guide to tell me what their name was. Man, woman, whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't think that these entities honestly have gender in the same way that we assign gender to ourselves as human beings. And one day when I was meditating, the name Linda just like popped out at me in my head. And I was like, oh, okay, Linda, like, all right, Linda. And then when I was meditating again, I would ask Linda specifically, like, are you around? And I felt like I was just getting a resounding yes when I was asking questions specifically to Linda. Then I'm, you know, move on, move on. I start reading a book that I felt incredibly called to about the Akashic Records. I'm reading the book. I'm almost all the way through. And I finally realized that the name on... The, the name of the author is Linda. And that was another way that it affirmed to me, okay, I was specifically drawn to this book on the topic of the Akashic Records, which very few people actually know, know about. The only reason that could have happened after I started trying to connect with my main spirit guide who was pushing the name Linda at me is because that was confirmation of the fact that I was right in assuming that the name of my main spirit guide is Linda. And the reason that I got those answers is because I actually asked the specific question. I wanted to know, what is my main spirit guide's name? I also began asking Linda for specific signs. One of them was a dragonfly. And I still, I still see dragonflies here and there when I feel like I'm really needing an extra boost or some sort of motivation or something to kind of continuously ground me in the idea that I need to continue this path of connecting with my guides. So I asked Linda for the sign of a dragonfly. And the reason that I did that was because I had a feeling that, so when you're looking for signs, this is also just a tip as you're looking to kind of ask your, your squad, so to speak on the other side for signs, ask for something that you have a probability of seeing. So it's almost like stats in the sense that the probability of you seeing something like a vehicle quite high. The probability that if you see a vehicle determines that you're in contact with your spirit guides quite low because of the consistency in which you'll be seeing them no matter what you do and no matter what you ask for. So when you're asking or trying to connect with your spirit guides, it's best to pick something that you have a likely probability to actually see, to receive from them in some way, shape or form without asking for something where the probability of you having contact with that specific sign is drastically low. So for instance, if I were to ask for an iceberg, let's just say, that might be something that I would have a very low probability of ever coming into contact with or ever getting a sign of. I mean, you can still do it, but I'm trying to think, I don't have a really good example, I guess, right now, like something that I would never ever see. Um, so that's just a tip to keep in mind. One of the other things that came up once I started asking for that sign in particular was that I was reading a book for my daughter about this magical unicorn. And on one of the pages, there was this huge dragonfly. And that reaffirmed to me, oh my goodness gracious, like, wow, this is coming through again. What are the odds that I'll, I would get 
that I would see a dragonfly in one of my kids' books that I've been reading them books for years and I genuinely don't remember ever seeing or having the word dragonfly in one of my kids' books before. So, and this was also a book that we've had for a long time that she did not ask me to read until I started asking for the sign about the dragonfly. The exact same thing started to happen to me when I was asking for a connection to my grandma who had passed away, whom I strongly believe is one of my guides looking out for me on the other side. She was obsessed with Cynthia Brown, who is a world-renowned medium who has since passed. She had a ton of books that she had written, and she really, my grandma, really specifically connected to the other side. I started asking my grandma for butterflies. They showed up for me everywhere, which I've talked about in other episodes. But also in that book where I saw the dragonfly, there was also one page in the book that was full of butterflies. The entire page was covered in butterflies. And this was right around the time, getting goosebumps again, that I started asking for those particular signs. So for me, when I think about what are my spirit guides, I don't necessarily think of like archangel, spirit, animal. I do ask, like I I reference masters, loved ones. Um, Let's see, what do I say? I when I'm trying to meditate or when I'm calling on them, I say my masters, loved ones, guides, teachers. Oh, my master, masters, loved ones, teachers. But Mind Body Green, um, which is a wellness and spirituality publication, one of their specific articles talks about the different types of spirit guides. And they reference that some of them have been with you your entire life, literally ever since you were born. I believe that to be true. Um, others will come on to your team, quote unquote, as you need them at different times in your life. And you can use your own free will to kind of request more spirit guides if you believe that you need them. And according to Mind Body Green, some of the types that you might have are archangels. So these are like leaders in the angel world. They're the ones that have an incredibly large energy associated with them. So if you are an empath or really sensitive to energy, if you call on an archangel, you might feel an energy shift in the room. And each, whoa, I'm totally feeling an energy shift in the room right now, just saying. Um, Each archangel is supposed to have a specialty and they can work with countless humans at once. Then there are guardian angels, and these are yours exclusively, and these are the ones that I feel like I'm connecting with the most. These are the ones that I want to get to know the most. I want to get to know the ones that are around me, the ones that are here to help me, the ones that my soul has called upon, the ones that have connected themselves to my soul, the ones that want to be an influence in my spiritual path, in my current karmic you know, purpose. Those are the ones that I feel like I am consistently calling upon, and Most of us, or all of us rather, are supposed to have more than one. These are the guardian angels who have devoted their life on the other side to helping you in particular. And they're the ones that you can call on at any time for immediate support, assistance, inquiry. And these are the spirit guides or guardians that will always be there for you. And it does not matter what your faith or religion or spiritual beliefs are, you you have access to guardian angels. These are the group of guides that I think intrigue me the most because it's so specific. And to me, there just is something so incredibly special about the connection 
between one soul like myself and a group of angels that have attached themselves to my soul for some reason. There must be a karmic purpose associated there. Have I known them in another life? Did they, were we friends in another life? Was I a parent, a family member? Are they part of my soul family? Um, that to me is, I don't know why, but I just get such a strong feeling of hope and faith when I think about my spirit guides in particular. And the fact that while I cannot see them, I've had enough signs at this point to say the probability of those things happening without me asking is quite low. The probability of those things happening after I asked to see them specifically with an incredibly important and specific request in mind feels high to me. That is my belief. Other people may not believe that and that is okay. You do you. I think and I hope that I'm talking to the people that believe that this could actually be true and they believe that this could actually be the world in which they live in that is going through an incredibly huge energetic shift and transformation right now. Um, spirit animals. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this one to be totally honest. I don't know why, but spirit animals could potentially be a pet you had passed away. Who's now kind of like part of your guidance squad, or it could also be an association with an animal that has something to teach you or an association with an animal that has, that innately has certain gifts or, certain something that you might need to hear or see or that you connect with and then ascended masters are kind of like think about it as the people who were the most spiritually attuned when they were here on earth and then have passed over to the other side and their goal like a buddha or someone they had an incredibly deep journey of spiritual growth and influence and they were a spirit teacher or a guide and they now are on the other side helping and supporting other people. They're also like helper angels. And again, this is all according to Mind Body Green. And they're freelance angels, so to speak, who are looking for humans to help that have specific situations, like finding new friends or a new office space. And I, so those are just some of the different types of spirit guides that are available to you. Now, I think it can become really kind of scary of if you've never, if you've, if you've never really meditated or had the opportunity to kind of dive in and ask questions of something that feels ethereal, something on the quote unquote other side, this can be a little bit of a daunting thing to dive into, I think, because it can be a little scary. Oh my gosh, what am I going to open up? Am I going to get in contact with something I don't want to get in contact with? And I just want to make it very, very clear any being that is here to help you and in the light is a good being. You set the stage on the sort of energy that you will allow into your life and that you are calling upon. That is something that I think is incredibly important as you're starting out on the spirituality journey. It's really important to make it clear when you're calling upon advice or guidance that you're specifically referencing light beings, my angelic spirit guides, my archangels, talk to spirit guides that you know are coming from this place of otherworldly in a very positive very open very wonderful magical place and that's a guideline that you can set yourself so that's something that i think is incredibly important to keep in mind um and then i'm how do you actually get signs? So I feel like when I first started recording this episode and I said, oh, it's 333, that's a sign. 
when I first started meditating and asking for signs from my spirit guides, I kid you not, I was seeing angel numbers in every single thing I did. I would be recording a podcast episode and see it was at 111 or 2222. I started digging into my human design more only to find that my birth time is 2222. Um, I started seeing 222, 111 everywhere. I was on my way to one of my girlfriend's baby showers. My arrival time, 111. The miles left, 33. Like there were things that just started happening where I was incredibly aware. Like these cannot just be random occurrences. Or I would be reading a book and happen to, you know, and I hadn't been paying attention to the table to the page number at all. And something in me said, look at the page number. And I looked and it was number 77 or 55 or something along those lines where it just seems too coincidental to have happened. And a lot of the times in, or I like to call it like a synchronicity. And Carl Jung, the famous psychologist, described a synchronicity as a meaningful coincidence. Some people will say, I don't believe in coincidences. To a degree, I agree because I feel like that if you are specifically asking for signs and you are becoming more aware, your mindset is becoming more open, your your crown chakra is becoming more open, you are able to more closely align and understand that a synchronicity may be something that is specifically being planted for you, that is super special. That is incredible. I mean, let's be honest. So it, you can get signs of, let's say it's a message from music or a dream. Um, you can ask for something in particular and then meet someone that you were like, oh my gosh, I was just talking about the fact that I wanted to meet an esthetician because, you know, I was looking into X, Y, Z, or I was really curious about X. So it can be someone that happens to follow you on social media or comments on one of your pages someone that happens to get hired, that you interview, you know, for, for a role at the company that you work at. There are so many ways that this can be impactful to you. But one of the first things that I think is important is that, is that there's an action associated with, there's an action that you must take in association with wanting to connect with your spirit guides. So I think, yes, you, we can sit idly by and just kind of pay attention. You have to already be relatively spiritually in tune for that to be beneficial for you. If you are not someone who feels like you have a strong spiritual connection, then I think the, one of the most important things that you can start doing is A, becoming more aware, but making very specific asks. In human design, my manifestation process is very specific. So in order for me to actually bring some of my visualizations to life, I have to get incredibly specific about what they might look like and make asks that align to those specificities. And it's similar when I when you're engaging with your spirit guides. So part of it is you know being a little bit more present, yes, but then asking your spirit team for help. This is one thing that I found so intriguing. I was listening to a podcast recently where this woman was saying that she started just asking her spirit team for help with small tasks throughout her life. Like let's say I'm really in need of a new mom friend, you know. Spirit guides, I'm tasking you with the role of bringing someone into my life who's meant to be in my life to help me, you know, that that I can align with from a goals perspective that makes me feel really good and as someone that I feel like I can get along with who has kids my age. 
you know, help me identify a new person or people or group that might benefit my, you know, the, the friendships I have in motherhood. And then just let it be. One thing that's incredibly important when it comes to asking your spirit guides to help you with something or to provide you with something or to prove something to you that has been incredibly hard for me, if I'm being completely honest, is this idea of letting go of the outcome and the timeline. One thing that I've learned is that the way that we incorporate time and counting, it's now one, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, and the way that everything is so linear. For the spirit world, time does not exist in the same fashion. Time is not linear in that way at all. So if you ask for a specific sign and you don't get it within two hours, five days, whatever the case may be, it does not mean that it's not going to happen for you. I would also be mindful of asking for signs with a timeline attached to them because I think that that can close you off to opportunities instead of opening opening you up to opportunities to engage with your spirit team. So I think the most important thing that you can do is literally just make a request, make an ask, ask for support, ask for let's team up. I want us to partner in this endeavor and this is what the goal should be. I'll know that you heard me or that we're working in this together if you send me or if I see X. Sometimes I'll even say, let's say I want to see a butterfly from my grandma to know that she's doing okay. I will make it like, I will make the ask specific. If I see a butterfly on TV, outside, if someone in my life says the word butterfly, if I read it in a children's book, etc. Now that I know some of the children's books where that have butterflies in them that first were sent to me when I was asking for those signs, I'll know if my daughter chooses that book in particular because she's the one choosing all the bedtime books, that is in itself a message. They're working through her to send me a message that they see me because she only chooses that book every once in a blue freaking moon. So if she, you know, if we're outside and suddenly a butterfly lands near me, that's how I know. Or if I'm on a walk and something catches my eye and I see, oh, there's a butterfly. I hadn't seen one in a long time, but I just asked for one. That's how I know and it can reaffirm to me that, wow, this is working. Someone is listening to me and I am receiving a sign that indicates that my request has been heard and they are delivering. I mean, I again have goosebumps. I just feel like this partnership with the universe and with your spirit guides is one of the most incredible discoveries that I have come across in in my life. I mean, in general, I just think that it gives me such a brighter sense of hope, a more peaceful look at life and look at what happens after life. And I just think that it's so special. And then one thing that's important is this, this is my perspective. But I don't necessarily think that one part of spirituality lives on its own. I think that every single, once you start digging into one piece, you're going to become incredibly curious about other pieces. So what I mean by that, once I started getting more into the idea of communicating with spirit guides, I became more in tune and intrigued with other things like moon practices or moon rituals, oracle cards, tarot cards figuring out new ways to establish a sense of engagement with the universe through messages and modalities that are meaningful to me based on questions that I am posing to the world, to my guides, to the the earth, to mother earth. And 
giving myself opportunities for multiple different forms of feedback to allow myself to take a information that I feel like I desperately need to hear to become more open-minded to the fact that there are things and ways to influence my emotional well-being and the state of my consciousness through daily practices that don't take a ton of time, that feel easy to me, that feel exciting to me, that become habit-forming. And I think that, whoa, this is crazy. Okay, I have to just say this again. I'm on this Mind Body Green page because I was using it as a resource of the types of spirit guides that exist. This, it has a list of 10 ways to start communicating with your guides. And I've just been kind of having it open as a, as a reference point. And for the first time, I just scrolled all the way down to the end. And guess what I just saw after what I said? It said, use a divination tool, like to communicate with spirit, like Oracle cards, tarot cards, try these methods to see what work for you. That, okay, can we just, can we just make a nod to the fact that I said tarot cards and oracle cards and then I scrolled down and that was something that was directly highlighted in this article. That is insane. I also want to point out that it can be really important to connect with other people or follow other people on social media. For me, social media is one of the places where I feel like I like to get confirmation about some of these messages and follow other people who have become experts who have a better um, or who just have learnings, advice, experiences to share that I feel like matter to me in my spirituality journey, like psychic mediums, um, spiritual teachers, healers. And I recently joined Nicole Marilyn's spiritual summer camp, and it was two weeks of programming where we were tasked with some homework assignments. We also had engagements and programming with some thought leaders like you know, in things like Reiki, Akashic Records. And because I was one of the first 10 people to sign up for the spiritual summer camp, I got a free Oracle reading from her and she just recently delivered it for me. And I have been into doing Oracle readings for some of my friends and my family as well. I've had one, actually, no, I've never had an Oracle reading done on me. I've only had tarot cards. I've only had a tarot reading done for me. And so this was the very first time that I had ever had an oracle reading from anyone, let alone a spiritual healer and medium whom I so incredibly look up to. So I saw an email come through my inbox and I was so excited to open it because I had asked an incredibly specific question to her through email that I wanted her to ask when she was flipping through her deck to see if she could align messages back to me that would be incredibly impactful or give me insight into what I needed to hear aligned to that specific question and set of questions. Now, she ended up choosing from two different Oracle decks, and I don't know why, because she told me that for some reason she just felt called upon to pull to pull two decks. She pulled from an angel card deck um, to help kind of understand like what I needed to know moving forward, and then she pulled from an Oracle deck to specifically address my questions. So. The cards that I ended up getting, the four cards that she pulled for me from her Oracle deck, the first one was the Master Manifestor card. According to her, these are my guides saying that I can do whatever I want and I can manifest whatever I want. I can make the big leaps and I'll be fine. Anytime that she sees this card, she says it's a reminder of how powerful we are. And in this case, how powerful my manifestation is. 
And what it's telling her is just go for it. What is holding you back? What are you afraid of? And then I needed to ask myself those questions. What is holding me back? Is it money? Is it fear? Is it judgment? And that to look into the root of what was holding me back, what is it that I'm still gripping onto? And then she referenced my stability energy. Like, will I be stable? Will I make it? Will I be able to provide? Will I be able to help with my family? And while all of those are obviously real questions and the reality of life is that we have to ask these questions, for me to get this card right away as the first card that she pulled from her deck was a huge hello right away that I'm capable of anything I want to set my mind to. And that yes, it might be hard and difficult and scary, but anything I want can and will come true to me if I focus on what I desperately want and use my energy in a positive way. The second card she got was the transformation card. And she said she let me know and provided insight into the fact that this is a card that's really telling her to make decisions from an empowered space, feel strong in those decisions. And as long as I'm really dreaming from the heart space, I'm stepping into the journey of transformation and that part of my evolution is going to be making a change for myself and that she can tell or feel that it's not going to necessarily be a little change, but it's, she can tell that I'm ready for something big. The energy coming forward for her was like, there's this big shift. Do the little things little bit by bit, and then I'll become like a phoenix rising from the ashes where I'll be 100% ready for this big, juicy transformation, but that I need to get incredibly clear on what's holding me back. And that it's a full moon, so I need to focus on shedding, 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 shedding into the things that are holding me back and being ready to step into a, a new version of me, jump into this next timeline. There's a growth period that I'm in, and it's this transformation period. And that part of my goal might also be the fact that I can help others transform. So in order for others to transform, I have to first allow myself the, oppor the opportunity to transform also. The third card she pulled, the attach, or sorry, attract through glow card. And she explains that remember that as I glow, heal, and raise my personal vibration and step into my light and my power, that's where I will continue to attract gifts and blessings, money, and things that I really desire in this really glowy, abundant, trusting, and loving heart space. And that in order to attract clients into what I'm hoping to do in the future and attract people that wanna come along on this journey with me, they have to trust in their transformation and trust that it's possible because I'm putting it out there that they're seeing that the transformation I have made was possible. So she thinks about that um, this almost as like a firefly. You become attracted to a firefly because you're not used to seeing something glow like that. And once you cap, once you're captured, once your gaze is captured by it, um, and you see them out in the wild, it's so beautiful. It's almost like just this little wink where you're like, wow, there's magic in the world. Um, and she said to trust and be in my magic and my glow. As soon as I do that, I'll attract people that are ready to kind of go on this journey with me. The fourth card that she pulled is the no expectations card. And she said, this is the this is one thing that is incredibly important to keep in mind is that when you are moving forward or doing something that you want, you need to move forward with it without any expectations. You need to do something different, make a decision and know that whatever the outcome is, the outcome is. And that if I take this leap, I cannot have an expectation of what the outcome is going to be or what it should be. I need to just allow it to be. And that really spoke to me because I always think about what the outcome will be. And then as she was pulling the angel cards, the first one that came up, the first one that she pulled was manifestation. And she said, oh my goodness, you know, I have goosebumps again. This is your, 
This is your spirit guides driving this point home. You can manifest anything you want. And she also said that she had never pulled two cards from two separate decks where both of them were the manifestation card as the very first card that I needed. That to me was absolute insanity and so amazing. And that I needed to be trusting in myself because I'm so powerful. And as this powerful master manipulator, ma master, not manipulator, <laughs> word vomit, as a powerful master manifester, twice in two different decks, if I can dream it, I can do it. And I have to not let fear get in the way. The second angel card that she pulled was forgiveness. So she was saying, if I make this transition, I need to forgive myself for any negative thoughts that come up. And that when we make a transition from one thing to another thing, I'm not saying what, because that's one of the questions that I asked. Um, it's easy to be hard on ourselves. We can wish we did this sooner or why are we so behind? Why did I let fear creep in? But that remember that finding forgiveness within yourself throughout this journey and doing the best that you can in the moment, making the decisions as they feel good and as they really connect with your body, um, you'll find a way to forgive any resentment or parts of you that have felt that fear. And then the third card that she pulled is the playfulness card, the play card. And she said, above all else, my guides want me to be playful, be joyful and have fun. And that this work doesn't have to be so serious. Um, it can be serious, but how you find joy, play and have silliness in your life is going to be incredibly important. So having the energy of play is vital and critical. Let what I love be fun and playful. Yes, of course, it's going to be hard. But having some fun along the way is going to be the way that I make what I love feel like, oh, this is so easy. Um, and that playful energy runs deep for me. And that ending on the playful card is such a beautiful way to end. And that the overall and the overarching message is that I'm a master manifester. I'm in a place of transformation. And as I glow, people will follow me. I need to find forgiveness for the things that I have burdened myself with the negative energies, the negative self-talk, the fear I have of failure. And I need to find some time to love and play and get silly in what I want to do and how I want to share certain messages and really connect with my heart. The reason why I wanted to highlight this Oracle reading is because this is the perfect way to get proof of concept from someone else. I trust Nicole Honestly, I trust her 100%. I believe that she went about asking my question to my guides, to her guides, to guides in general, with a very thoughtful, heart-forward approach, and that the messages that she brought me back were not coincidental. I am starting to do more oracle readings for other people, so if that's something that is interested in you, I would absolutely love and be so honored to pull a card, multiple cards, whatever kind of works for me. There's also... There are also specific ways in which you can pull Oracle cards to kind of engage with your guides. There's like a methodology. I am of the mindset that I will follow what my intuition is telling me to do. It might be one card, might be five, might be six. You know, it seems like, oh my goodness, we are on a roll here. This is a message that is, con you know, that is consistently and intrinsically linked together. But that is one of the best ways to immediately connect with your spirit guides. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to rate and subscribe.